Adam Pear is a VFX producer in the LA office of Crafty Apes. In a wide-ranging conversation with us, he explored multiple facets of the visual effects profession. He discussed how he joined the company and the differences between a visual effects coordinator and a visual effects manager role. He talked about his work for feature films including La La Land, Spider-Man Far From Home, Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw, Pop Springs, and Deadpool 2. In television, his credits include The Orville and Westworld. In 2017, he transitioned into the role of VFX producer. He explains how this role involves bidding, budgeting shots for clients, and managing successful relationships that could lead to future collaborations. He also walks us through building teams for each project. How the experience of producing visual effects work differs on a television show versus a feature, and how often he interacts with the director. So we're so thrilled to have Adam Pear of Crafty Apes on the Globe Screen podcast. Welcome, Adam. Hi, Zeph. Thank you for having me. Could you give us a little bit of an intro about yourself as well as Crafty Apes? Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, after college, I moved out to Los Angeles to get into the entertainment industry. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do or, you know, what, where in the, in, in the industry I would land. And, you know, I just started applying to a bunch of different places, um, and companies just looking to get my foot in the door as an assistant anywhere. Um, and I came across crafty apes, um, which they brought me in for an interview. They were super small at the time. There was maybe six or seven people in the LA office. Um, and I, I've been there ever since it's been almost eight years for me now, um, kind of grew with the company as it continues to grow, which has been amazing to see, um, crafty apes now, I think has like seven offices. When I first started, it was just LA and Atlanta. There was maybe 15 to 20 people total. And now I think we're up to close to 500, if not more. Um, so it's been a really wild ride. Um, and it's been really great to see the growth of the company and to be a part of it. That's amazing. Yeah. And so you've worked on some really interesting films when you first started crafting uh, apes throughout your uh, time there, including La La Land and Hidden Figures and John Wick Chapter Two. So I guess when you first started, you were a visual effects coordinator. Is that right? When I first started, I was a production assistant. Um, and that was basically just helping out around the office with anyone who needed the help. Um, my main boss, Jason, who is an executive producer there, one of the owners, um, he was my the, my like go-to boss who I reported to uh, daily. Um, and from, I, I did that for about a year. Um, and then after that, I did transition to a coordinator. Um, and that's when I started diving into projects um, and really like taking them on and, um, you know, really figuring it all out and making sure everything got done. We hit our deadlines and everything. Um, so that was a great start, definitely, uh, before moving into the next role. Yeah. And what kind of work did you do as a coordinator? What, what did that really entail on, yeah, on those so films a, like La La Land? And yeah. Figures? So as a coordinator, basically you deal with the coordinator on the client side of things, um, making sure, you know, we receive all the material, everything gets ingested into the system on our end. Um, and then just making sure like helping out with the producer, getting a schedule together, keep staying on top of artists. Um, it's also sending out shots, deliveries, and then once we receive notes, making sure all the artists um, get those notes um, and are hitting them in a you know fair amount of time to get them back to the client. That's pretty cool. Do you recall any of the sequences for those particular films? 
uh lava in lava land uh i think we were the sole vendor on that one so we played a pretty big part in it it wasn't a huge visual effects show um but there were a couple big scenes like the opening scene i don't know if you've seen it um the scene on the freeway uh, oh yeah that's where, very iconic it's yeah cool. exactly where they're all singing and dancing um and that was like one really long shot it was i think about five eight thousand frames close to five minutes um, so that that's a lot of work, uh, you know, a lot of render times and the working closely with the director, he wanted to be perfect. Um, and in that scene, we, um, you know, we added a bunch of cars on the freeway. We added people dancing on top of the cars. We changed colors of cars. We changed colors of what people were wearing. Um, there was just a lot that went into it. There's a lot of cleanup work. I think we did some some like sky replacement work. It was it was a very big shot, and it was the opening scene, so we it, you know it had to be perfect. That's awesome. I'm a fan of that director as well, Damien. Damien Chazelle. Chazelle. Yeah, he was yeah. really fun to work with. That's pretty cool. I, I loved Whiplash. His oh, his, love his, that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing that I've been saying throughout this series as we've been talking to different VFX folks is I think it's cool that, you know, traditionally in the past, people would think of VFX as like a sci-fi thing or, you know, certain sort of big action or comic book sort of right. films, but it's been cool to see now like a film like La La Land or Hidden Figures, things that might not necessarily come to mind when people think of VFX, but, right. but it plays an integral part of the storytelling oh always it's you there's i mean every movie show has some sort of visual effects in it um there's no doubt about that and even if it's like the smallest things as just like cleaning some stuff up from set um like signs or tracking markers or anything like that and crafty apes we do a, we specialize in beauty work um another thing that you would never know um, a lot of the main actors and actresses, you know, we're cleaning up blemishes. We can make them look younger, look older, thinner, bigger. You can shave them in post. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, there's tons of visual effects going on in every project. Um, yeah, that's, so that's pretty cool. Do, do you know that, I, I guess, which, which of the films that you've worked on have really pushed the technical skills or po pose the greatest challenges and how did you overcome those challenges i would say the most recent of the orville that we worked on um we worked on it for probably it was close to three years um it started right before the pandemic happened so things got a little crazy there um and this was one of our biggest shows we ever had it was about 1800 shots total um and it's it just it lasted a long time like the client went on hiatus for a little bit but we were able to keep working so it kept us busy um when a lot of you know shows had shut down so we were very grateful um that we were able to bring in all this work and keep working on it throughout the pandemic when things kind of got a little slow but for us it was we were able to maintain our work and keep our artists working which was really great um that is really great Absolutely. yeah but for the orville it was it was one of our bigger shows with like with a lot of 3d involved um, and we, when we first started, we were mainly a 2D house, um, didn't really jump into CG at all. And over the years, we've really built this great CG team. So we've been able to bring on more, more difficult work, um, which is always more challenging on our end. But we have a great team of supervisors and artists. And once we get our heads together, we're able to come up with some really great work, um, make the client super happy. Um, so it really comes down to the, the artists and the team that we have. 
Um, and they've been, you know, we're really, we work really well together, keep the client happy. And we've just been able to overcome these challenges, which has been really nice. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Do you see, do you see a rise in 3D content lately? Yes, we've definitely, now that like we have a great reel to show that has a lot of our 3D work. So we send that off to clients who, you know, or who could maybe be questionable in giving us the work. And um, when they see the work that we've done, you know, they're pretty impressed with it. So they'll send it our way and we'll get the work done. That's awesome. Yeah. And could you, could you share and explain with the listeners what kind of responsibilities are assigned to a visual effects coordinator versus a visual effects manager? Sure. Yeah. So the coordinator is more day-to-day -day working on specific shows, usually two or three shows at a time. Um, and just, you know, managing the shows, um, kind of like the big picture, they work closely with the producer, um, on schedule, making sure artists are aware of deadlines, making sure that they're on top of things. Um, and then the coordinator is also the one in contact with the client, uh, the coordinator on their side, making sure we have everything that we need. Um, any questions we have for the clients, they'll reach out, they'll handle any notes, deliveries. Um, so they really, they've got to be on top of everything for each show they're on, just making sure everything's going smoothly. It's a pretty intricate part of uh, being in visual effects. Um, and it's definitely one where, you, when I was a coordinator, you you learn a ton and that's, you know, being a great coordinator is not easy, but once you like get into it, start working on multiple shows, it kind of just, comes to you naturally and it's it's a lot of fun um you really get you know every piece of the project um as a uh, production manager that's kind of a big picture where they oversee all the shows they're not really on any specific show they kind of manage the artist's time um they they kind of oversee um like when artists are super busy on a project or when they start to lighten up um, to see like if a new project comes in, they'll build a plan accordingly, like, oh, this artist is finishing up in this one show, so they'll be able to jump onto this new show coming in. So as a manager, it's kind of overseeing all the artists' time and just making sure that um, no one's like overloaded or it doesn't have any work to do, um, just making sure everyone's kept busy. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah and the time management aspect seems exactly. so critical in this field. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with multiple projects happening at one time. And, and so does actually being just detail oriented in general. I mean, right. is that something that was always that were like, were you always sort of a detail oriented sort of person? Yeah. You really have to be, you know, have good attention to detail in this industry. Um, and, you know, mistakes will definitely happen, but you learn from them. And that's step, what I've learned, what my boss taught me is always to double, triple check everything. Um, that makes and sense. That, yeah, and that's definitely been very, very helpful. I'm sure m watching things on a large monitor also helps yeah. at time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's something I noticed that I've been doing on set lately when I've been directing. I just want to check the frame in a large monitor because it becomes so easy to just miss something right. that could... It's like, like, you know, something on a small frame, like what's that bottle of water doing in the background of the shot? Like yeah. becomes an eyesore on, on like a bigger screen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's, but, always... then, but then I imagine that you guys are also fixing things like that sometimes for when, yeah, definitely. when mistakes are being made in productions. Exactly. Even if it's like not called out and we catch something on our end, whether it's something like a water bottle in the frame or um, a crew reflection in a, in a window 
Um, and sometimes the, the client won't even call that out or they don't see it. So if we see it on our end, you know, we'll make them aware of it and they'll be like, oh yeah, we definitely want to clean that up. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's cool to know. I never even, you know, thought about that, that mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, so then in 2017, you transitioned to being a VFX producer, a visual effects producer. Yep. And you worked on Deadpool to Spider-Man Far From Home and Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Were these all uh, large projects with, I guess, several VFX vendors working on the same production? Yeah, so on these, the bigger shows like that, they definitely have many different vendors working at it at one time. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we get teams together. Usually our artists are working on each of the shows at the same time. Um, you know, the deadlines are usually not totally around the same time, but sometimes they are. Um, but we know we build a team to take on these bigger projects and, you know, they, they do a great job and with, with multiple projects going on at one time, it's, that's when it gets pretty challenging to manage like the artists on each show. And that's when the visual, uh, uh, effects production manager comes in and helps out. Um, it kind of manages the artist's time on that, you know, like, oh, we need to focus on this one show, like their deadline, it could be a week before this other show's deadline. So we'll, we want to put most of our resources into this one now. And then once we finish this deadline, we'll jump over to the other one. Um, so it's a lot of juggling. And so, so what was the biggest change as far as becoming the producer, becoming a visual effects producer? Probably, you know, when jumping into producer role, that's when you start dealing with the producer on the client side. Um, that's when you start more dealing with the money, money, like the business side of things. Um, so as a producer, I, I, one of my big roles is, um, bidding, bidding work. So like a client will send over shots, uh, with the description of the work. And as a producer, my job is to go through the shots, sometimes with the help of a supervisor and put costs to all the shots. Um, and we'll send that into the client, you know, they send it off to several vendors to get, you know, different costs and see see where they you know save the most money um and that's that's a very big part of my job is you know putting cost to all the work and making sure we you know we bring it in and also maintaining um maintaining a relationship with the client so you know you want to do a good job so they come back to you that's pretty cool and how often how often are you in a situation where somebody's asking for something that's completely unprecedented that's just never been done before. Um, that hasn't happened very often. I don't think um, a lot of the times, like the the companies we're working with, they'll know if something can or can't be done, or they'll send it our way to do like a quick test on it to see if it can be done. Um, but most of the time, yeah, that doesn't come that doesn't come across very often. I guess because the field has also evolved exactly so much in the last 10, 15 years that. Mm -hmm you know, a lot of things are doable, probably. Right, exactly. With like all the new technology that's happened, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that we, you know, we'll, we'll do tests and try to figure things out that, you know, best we can. Um, and we'll get our, like our top artists on there, like our supervisors and, you know, see what, what see what can be done. So, so transitioning to producer, did you have to build, I guess, a team internally to deliver the work with these particular projects? Yeah, so we always, like, before a project starts, that's when we, like, kind of plan um, to see how many artists we'll need. That goes into the bidding process. 
And, you know, going through that, we'll be like, see how many artists we need. And if we don't have enough artists in-house, that's when we'll start looking for more artists to bring in uh, just to help out on the show. Um, you know, if we really like them, we'll keep them on full time um, or it could be a project by project basis, depending on how it goes. And how, how often are you dealing with the director of these films? Um, typically on the, sm the smaller projects, when we're like the sole vendor um, and we get into the project before they even start production, which is which is great. That's that's one of my favorite parts of visual effects. You know, you hit all parts of production, pre-production and post, not just post, which has been really great. Um, working with the director on these smaller projects, you know, you have meetings with them before they start shooting. They have questions about visual effects and our supervisors are there to help them technically, um, you know, and see where they could save, you know, save money and how to shoot things, best case scenario for visual effects. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been hearing actually the same sentiment from some other visual effects folks mm -hmm. about that that's been more of a trend in the last decade or so, you know, in more recent years, I should say. Right. About getting involved in the project from the inception of the project, where I guess, you know, in earlier the earlier days of VFX, it would be more just like a strictly a post production. Exactly. Sort of yeah. And we have a great team of on-set supervisors who we send, you know, who go off all the time on set. So we're always having guys on set help out, um, which is really great. That's pretty cool. Um and on some of these smaller projects, do you find that you find that there's just like different different directors really approach it in a different way or yeah from from my experience at least every director is just different um some direct say most of the time the directors don't have like they're not too much involved in visual effects beforehand like they don't really know too much about it so they really lean on us to give them the answers that they need um and that that's that's what's been really cool uh basically you're we're kind of directing in a way um, I remember being on set for La La Land. I was on set with one of our supervisors and he was basically directing a scene, yelling action and cut. And I, it was super cool to see. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that's, that's amazing that you were on that set. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot. That was really, really fun. <laughs> so you, like you mentioned, you meant, worked on some indie sized movies such as Seaberg and Palm Springs and on these types of uh, pictures, I guess, where, Crafty Apes is the sole visual effects provider. Does this give you more creative freedom in the collaboration with the director and the DP? It, it does, sounds like it sure. does from it does already. exactly. Yeah. Cause like we'll get started on concepts like before they start shooting things just to get, you know, a visual in front of the director and the producers um, to you know, start bouncing ideas off each other. And, you know, once they see a concept that'll kind of give them sort of a direction that that they want to go in and they they'll give us notes and it's always helpful to do that before they start shooting because then they have a better idea of you know what they want once you know that day does come um and usually on these indie projects the smaller ones their budget for visual effects is much much smaller than some of these bigger ones so that's so you really got to find ways to save money makes sense and on on tv some of your credits are westworld and like you mentioned the the orville how does producing shots or sequences differ on a show versus a feature film? Yeah. Um, so I've, yeah, I've been doing a lot of TV and TV. It's, it's a lot, it, the, uh, the show goes on longer. 
Um, there's definitely a lot more work involved and, you know, there's more bidding there's, you know, cause you're working on could be up to 10 episodes for a season. Um, so you use like there's bidding on every episode. Um, there's tons more deadlines to hit. Like most of the time on a show, you have a temp delivery and a final delivery. So if you work on a show that's got 10 episodes, you got 20 deadlines to hit whether, and then if you're on a feature, it could be just a couple deadlines where you just have one temp delivery, one final delivery. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to manage a feature in my opinion, just cause you know, you're working on one, one show at a time, not multiple episodes, not multiple deadlines. So you get everything planned ahead, all the artists assigned out and that's pretty much it. And then in like in a TV series, you, uh, you know, you had to kind of plan ahead for multiple episodes and it's just a lot more work. Yeah. And are there different sort of teams that just work on TV projects? Uh, no, we, all of our artists do TV and features. Like uh, most of the time, you know, our artists are working on multiple projects at, at a time, whether it's TV or feature, they can handle, you know, they'll be working both at the same time. Yeah, th that makes sense to me. And especially, and this is something that I've also been talking about. I'm sure something you've thought about is just, just the quality of television is radically improved in the oh last my god decade. it's crazy yeah you know a lot of the clients you know kind of expect these feature type quality um which is you know what we'll do if they want it but it's got it's pretty crazy how uh how big it's gotten are the deadlines just like crazier usually yeah like there there's definitely been some shows where we're delivering shots a day or two before the episode airs um, like any last minute notes that come up. So it could get, you know, it gets pretty challenging and, um, you know, working late nights a lot. Um, but, you know, we do what we can to, you know, get everything in on time. But yeah, they cut it really close like to the air date, which is kind of crazy. Although I have seen that even with feature films. Like I was at the yeah. Cannes Film Festival in France a couple of years ago uh -huh. when this is in 2019, when Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood okay. premiered there. And I think it was a longer cut of the movie but they say that they were working on the film till like the day before it screened. Yeah, it's crazy. It definitely happens. And like sometimes even after like they show it at, you know, one of these uh, music uh, festivals, we're still working on it after for when they actually release it to the public. Um, so it's a lot of times, you know, you're taking it to the very, very end. And, you know, that's when things get a little crazy. Yeah, I'm glad it's not just me on much smaller yeah. projects. <laughs> um, so I see I see that on IMDb, you're currently working on Guardians of the Galaxy the holiday special. When does that get released? You that know? comes out, I believe, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, yeah, we actually just finished that up. That was a fun project to work on. Um, That's any, exciting. Yeah, anytime working with Marvel um, is, is very cool. Um, shows are fun um and you know getting working on these shows you get to uh you know you get your name in the credits and when you go see the movie and see your name scroll by it's it's such a great feeling very rewarding and what what kind of trends have you seen like in the last in recent times like like how is the industry changing i've since you know I, a lot of the companies, you know, are still working remotely. And I think that's, you know, I would think that would kind of hurt us a little bit, but 
we've been able to, you know, hire more people because in our actual office, you know, we were full by the time, you know, the pandemic happened and we couldn't, you know, it was couldn't take on more artists. And now that we're working remotely, we could take on as many artists as we want, which has been, you know, helped grow the company, helped us take on more work, um, which has, you know, you think it wouldn't work out, but for in visual effects, I think it, it's been really great for us. It's been worth the whole remote working has just, it's been awesome. Yeah. Like we had no plans to go back. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and what kind, what kind of advice would you give for students that are really entering the workplace that are seeking a career in visual effects? Yeah, you know, visual effects, I didn't know what I was getting into when I got into it. Um, it was definitely a slow start. I didn't know if it was something I wanted to get into, um, but, you know, I, I stuck in there and, you know, got through the late hour, the late nights, the long hours. But, um, you know, if you just go in, there's, there's a lot of growth in visual effects, which is, you know, which is really important, um, you know, in life. And, you know, starting as, an, as a production assistant, I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to end up, but, you know, you know, you go to coordinator the production manager, producer, there's just so much growth there. Um, if you just stick with it, um, it's very rewarding and so worth it, especially, you know, even as a production assistant, you can get your name and credits, um, which is, which, which to me at the beginning was the coolest part, going to the movie theater, seeing your name go by. Um, it's really, really cool. That is really cool. And I guess with the, is an internship the best way, like a, a good starting point? Most likely, yeah. That's that's pretty much how I started. It was basically an internship, like a trial period, um, and you know, that's it's a good it's a good way to you know meet artists, producers, supervisors, coordinators, and really learn from from the people who are working there. So an internship, you know, it gets you in the door. You can talk to so many different people in in, uh, in the office, you know, on on video calls. And yeah, an internship is like perfect place to get started, if, if, especially if, it, if you're like on the border and you don't really know what you want to do, but you know, it's a good way to get into it. How did, how did you know that you first wanted to get involved in the entertainment business in general? I, um, so I, did, I didn't study film or anything in school. I kind of, I have an older brother who moved out to LA um, a year before me, he's a year older. And I kind of just followed in his footsteps. He loved it out there. Um, I had one of a friend of my dad's was working in the industry as well. And I was talking to him a little bit and, you know, coming out of college, I wasn't sure I wanted to do. I love movies, TV, you know, I grew up making movies with friends. So it seemed like, seemed like a great spot to be. And it turned out really well to work out really well for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Where, where'd you grow up, Adam? I grew up in Florida. So you went from one hot place to another hot place. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you don't know what winter time is. No, exactly. Until I went to school in Indiana. Oh, and that's, okay. That's when go. I realized, you know what? I can't really do the uh, the cold. So I ended up in LA. I don't blame you. I'm from yeah. New York, born and raised. And I don't think I ever get used to the cold weather when it gets yeah. really cold here. <laughs> yep. So, so what else? What's what else is in the pipeline for you? What's next? What's sort of... Uh, what could we look forward to besides um, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, Guardians. We're, you know, we're about to start working on the feature of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we have a couple projects coming up like early next year that I don't think I'm allowed to talk about or say what it is. 
um under massive but, you know, ndas i understand yeah exactly the nature of the beast right but you know we we always have tons of projects ha happening right now you know we have like six producers just in la right now who are handling you know two or three shows a piece a piece so you know we're always super busy and you know with having such a large team we're always looking to bring on more work too and where do you see where do you kind of see things going in like 10 years from now in the industry like I, you know, I, you know, with V like virtual reality becoming a big thing now and that kind of trending upwards, I, I'm not too much too involved in that, but I could see that, you know, playing a big part. Um, but, you know, visual effects, I feel like will always, you know, be play a big part in movies and TV. And I don't think that'll ever go away. Um, things will start getting bigger visual effects wise. Um, yeah, I just, this visual effects is something that's always going to be there. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard other people mention that aren't even in the VFX industry talk about virtual reality and immersive yeah. sort of technology. So I'm glad you bring that up because it seems like there is sort of a trend going in that direction. Right. Yeah. And I, that's not what I've like really been involved in, but I've heard like, you know, it's it's, you know, it's becoming more and more of a thing and who knows what's going to happen with it. Is there any other, how could people sort of check out what you're doing and follow along with you? Um, and so what do you mean? I don't know. Are you, are you on social media? Do you want, you want to sort oh. of give a plug to, you know? Yeah. I mean, Crafty Apes has an Instagram um, that, you know, tons of people follow. They always, they'll put up their like interviews that some people have had, or um, they'll put up trailers of movies that are coming out or shows that we've worked on that are coming out soon. Um, and sometimes, you know, they'll post about artists or producers on there and, you know, talk about how well the job they've been doing. Um, but yeah, crafty, crafty on social, social media, on Instagram, they, you know, they have a lot of content on there to show. Excellent. Thank you, Adam, for being on the Globe Screen podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, guys.